Okay, so uh, Yash, do you want to just leave it in it? Yeah, may as well. Cool, all right. Well, uh, welcome back to Noob Talk Radio. This is episode 41. I'm your host, Joshua Osborne, and with me in the studio here is Teague Henderson. And Teague, how are you today? Fantastic. How about you? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. That was pretty much word for, it was either word for word the introduction to the Destiny podcast I used to, I used to listen to, which I was a big fan of. I, I like the way they handled it. Um, or it was a... Uh, Frankenstein's monster between sacred symbols and the Destiny podcast. Okay. I'm not sure which of the two. Okay, <laughs> it's well. definitely it's definitely non-original to me. <laughs> there you go. That's well. the only thing I can say for sure. Well, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. Um, this is our first uh, real news episode that we'll be having in 2022. Yeah, the year um, of the tiger. <laughs> is it? I don't know. Is that the new the, the lunar new year? I don't know. This is. Chinese New Year the same thing as Lunar New Year? Beats Lunar New Year? the shit out of me. I actually had a Lunar New Year celebration with Mike the, the recently, and I should probably know that, but, you know, it yeah. didn't come up. It's yeah. Googleable. Yeah, it is Googleable. But that's Googleable. a lot less fun than just making stuff up yeah. and sort of... No, I think it has almost... to do with um, the aliens, <clears throat> and when they came down, they said, no, this is the, the calendar. This is, uh, <laughs> this is your new year. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> These numbers and dates are great, but really, it's not the way you're supposed to do it. <laughs> no, um, you're just a little off. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, it's the yeah, it's the first news episode we've had in quite some time. Uh, not just of 2022, but also it was a good like two weeks or four weeks wild. almost that we in 2021 where we didn't even record any news really. Yeah. So I mean, you know, we got an exciting range of topics. There is very new stuff. There's very old stuff. I'm particularly excited about some really old stuff that I'm going to talk about. We're gonna tr- we're gonna try our best to actually adhere to a very very rigid schedule today well rigid uh, at least on paper rigid oh super rigid <laughs> Teague looks like he has a lot of doubt uh, as to the success of this uh, the rigidness this, this endeavor. I'm curious about the rigidness of this situation <laughs> one kind of subtle <laughs> phallic metaphor I can insert there but I couldn't think of anything that's what she said <laughs> that is what she said um, I wanted to say that also, uh, if we can squeeze it in at the end, there was a few smaller slash kind of indie titles that I was that I am excited about in 2022 that we didn't have time to handle in the last right. episode. Um, so if we got time, we'll we'll slap those in. Uh, might even just sort of rapid fire them at the end. Yeah, why not? But uh, they're definitely because there definitely is. I sort of it's kind of like if there's if there's games that I have to talk about in a things I'm excited about episode, I feel like it, it kind of has to be the AAA stuff. Right. But there's always like small indie, smaller indie stuff that, that you're more excited for, right? Excited. Almost. Really the same. Okay. You know, it's, it's, I think it's more just that the indie stuff has such not as widespread appeal that I don't want to like um, shoot myself in the foot with appealing to the least amount of people when I talk about stuff. Right. Does that makes sense. Enough. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I know that most. I think I, I know most of the people personally who listen to this podcast, and I think most of them like indie stuff. Okay. But I still, you know, it's like I have this idea in my head that like somehow magically hundreds of people outside of my cl- close circle of friends are going to listen to this, <laughs> and then probably they would be, you know, desperately wanting to know about I don't know, more like Dying Light or uh, mm. uh, Horizon Zero Dawn or you know what what have you. The God of War that we never talk about. No. Um, but I guess we can start with uh, one of the most insane things that has happened in the world of gaming in the past, I don't know, like I feel like 10 years at least. A um, couple of days, anyways. <laughs> certainly a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, yeah, this, this uh, thing that no one could have not heard about, but um, Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard. They always say ABK, Activision Blizzard King. Do you know what the king is all about? No clue. I haven't been able to figure, I actually tried for a while to figure out what the king was. Hmm. The ABK Alliance, Activision Blizzard King. And I, for the life of me, I was like, how is this this hard to understand? I mean, 
is King like another studio? Like Activision Not and Blizzard? Not to my knowledge, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they just adding King as like, to say that they're the king of gaming? Like, I'm, I, yeah, I, I, don't, be... I don't get it. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, no, the Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition by Microsoft is crazy. Uh, it is, I don't want to sound grandiose, but uh, you know, shaking the foundations of the gaming industry, you could say. Certainly making Sony at least quake in its boots and or concerned gamers who are uh, wondering about the history of these franchises on their consoles, consoles of choice. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't presume to be nearly enough of an, an analyst to sort of discuss this in any really length of depth or complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought, you know, maybe we could have a chat about, uh, you know, what are, what are our general thoughts about it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what do you, you know, why don't, why don't you lead with, uh, what, did, what was the first thing you thought when you saw this news? Big surprise, Microsoft bought something else. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Like, uh, I'm like really so unshocked and so unfazed by it. Yeah. It's just kind of like, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I knew they had a lot of money. I knew they were yeah. buying shit. Yeah. And here we go. <laughs> I mean, it's what's kind of, I don't know. Uh, one of the things that I thought was crazy was that, um, you know, everyone was really going bonkers over the previous deal with Bethesda. With Bethesda, Bethesda. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, thank you. Um, and it was for like, was it eight something? I can't but, remember, honestly. Yeah, only seven point, I mean, o- 7. only. 7.4? Only 7.5 billion. 7.5. Yeah. And it, I mean, everyone was completely going nuts about that, you know, saying how it's like, an acquisition like that is completely outside of the reach of Sony. They don't have the funds for it. You know, they couldn't even do it if they wanted to, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Um, and then this happens. And it's like, yeah. I mean, I'll have to check the number again. And then Sony turns around and does the acquisition of... Who did they buy? Uh, they just bought Bungie. Bungie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For what? 3.6, was it? Or? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the low, low price of uh, yeah, 3.6 yeah, yeah. billion. Yeah, they're really cheap. <laughs> was it billion? It was billion, wasn't it? Yeah, 3.6 oh, billion. Sure. Yeah. Activision Blizzard, sorry, was 16.7 billion. Um, okay. Which is fucking mental. So Sony just went to the discount bin and bought whatever they could. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't be so harsh on, uh, on Bungie, man. They're, well, they're such a good company. 3.6? They're such a good company. <laughs> That's peanuts. <laughs> so they're basically indie, right? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can't compare to... Like, one of the things this deal got me to think about was just how much of a fucking giant Activision Blizzard was. Hmm. Like, they are so goddamn huge. Yeah. Like, I mean, the Activision side... There's a lot of unimpressive properties, including, you know, not things that have cachet, but are just not the big things that, that they used to be, like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're, they're, it's not to say they're not impressive titles, right. but they just don't have the same... Well, who cares? They yeah, were they cool don't... 20 years ago. Exactly, yeah. Like, and they were huge, but, like, they're just not as big anymore. Yeah. But the Activision side is Call of Duty, which is... Massive. The largest, I want to say the largest selling franchise after um, Grand Theft Auto. Like, I feel like it's the most successful uh, franchise after GTA. I'm not sure, but... There's so many of them um, that I feel... Yeah, it's massive. I mean, it's unbelievably successful. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then on the Blizzard side, just so many fucking things. Um, And this makes me sad on on a lot of levels because I actually really do... There's several Blizzard properties that, like, really resonate with me. Um, But they have Overwatch, right? Overwatch is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, They have StarCraft, Warcraft, World of Warcraft, all that stuff. Diablo is the obvious one that's on on everyone's radar lately because of the latest releases. Right. Do they have other things that I'm forgetting that are huge? I mean, those are the big ones. World of Warcraft, Diablo, and Overwatch kind of by themselves are sort of the the really big guns. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. These are huge games. Yeah. But you still may be able to get them eventually, right? 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of, you know, that's what that's what everyone's wondering. Uh, yeah, there was a bunch of statements made by PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that were asking... He made a, he made a statement saying that he, he expects... It, it sounded kind of like a little bit concerned, perhaps, but that he expects Activision Blizzard to honor all existing agreements. Okay. Or, or was it that... Uh, yeah, he expects Microsoft to honor all existing Activision Blizzard agreements. Okay. So what that means exactly is completely unclear, but it was assumed that there was some sort of stuff going on with Call of Duty and PlayStation, because I think Call of Duty also is like... Was it not... Um, it's never been exclusive to PlayStation, but I think they had, a, they had some marketing deal stuff. Okay. You know, where, know. where like some shit came to Call of Duty on PlayStation, I think, first before... That's possible. Entirely I think uh, possible. I could be confusing it with Bungie, but uh, definitely Destiny had a, had a similar thing. Okay. Where Destiny uh, PlayStation content would either come to Destiny... Excuse me. Yeah, pl- uh, Destiny content would come to PlayStation first and then would go to others later. Right, right. Or like PS would get like a couple unique levels kind of thing. Yeah, stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. l- like small things. Yeah. Um, so it's it's unknown. Uh, I mean, Xbox, excuse me, Microsoft. Uh, what's the... Jim Ryan is PlayStation. Microsoft is... Uh, Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. Yeah, good old nice. Phil. Yeah, Phil. <laughs> good old Phil. Man, I, I don't know why I certainly could not remember his name at all. Yeah, that was a brain fart for me too, though, because that oh, is man. a familiar name. Yeah, he, it's like all it's all, he's he's all over the place. Yeah, you know, like like articles where he's talking about shit are just like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, yeah, Xbox boss Phil Spencer. I had tweeted out after the acquisition that a bunch of non-specific things, but uh, all indicating that he was at least saying on the surface that they're, they are invested in keeping things sort of status quo for the at least very near future. You know, didn't say explicitly that, like, they'll never uh, make uh, Blizzard games, like, first party right. uh, or only on, only on Xbox. He did say that they will honor all existing agreements. No one knows what these agreements are, but he did say that, you know, he, he wasn't fully intending to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, he has, in a separate art, uh, interview, I believe, he's promised that the, at least, I believe, the next three Call of Duties are, are known to be not they're going to be on PlayStation. Okay. Yeah. You know, whatever happens later, like, who knows? But, uh, like, at least in the near future, they're still going to be there. Um, he has also said uh, Bethesda's uh, big next uh, sort of open world, you know, sci-fi adventure uh, called Starfield. Uh, he, like, that game is Xbox exclusive. Right. But he's also has been saying, has been saying for a while and reiterated with this acquisition that his goal is 100% not to remove content from gamers. Uh, and I actually believe him. I think yeah. I think that that is 100% correct. I think he'll probably do it anyways. But I don't think that his... I feel like, you know, with Microsoft, none of what they're doing is nefarious. <laughs> they just have money and want and are extremely dedicated to making their Game Pass the, the best service out there. Right. Right? Um, there's an interesting article on IGN called uh, It's Not a... I believe the title was It's Not a Console War, It's a Content War. Right. Uh, and I would recommend... It's not a bad read. Um, it's one of the few editorial pieces I've seen out of that company and they don't really do them anymore kind of thing, um, which is nice to just see one every now and then. But I think that John Davison was right in that article uh, in that... You know, much like what happened with sort of Netflix and the other streaming companies, it becomes a game of like who can get what properties where. Right. Probably we are going all to the subscription model. I mean, Sony has their Spartacus codename rumored project that's being developed, right? right? That should be coming any day now. That's probably a Game Pass competitor. Um, It looks like that's where we're going. And it makes sense that Xbox has to do stuff like that. Well, it doesn't have to, but wants to do stuff like that. Because why wouldn't they? Yeah. You know? 
But I actually, I, I think it's true. I don't really think that... I mean, Minecraft was purchased by them. That's still on PlayStation. They do seem to not be interested in, like, denying people stuff. Well, I mean... Even if it yeah. may happen, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Which may be kind of like a silly thing to argue about, but I feel like it's relevant somehow. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, I mean, what else is there to say about it? I was, you know, kind of shocked and horrified when I saw this news, like, both from the Monopoly angle, which is just always bad, I think, you know? Like, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, like, I just starting a war of, like... I mean, I was particularly disheartened to see... I think Bungie is a really good fit to be purchased by Sony, um, but I was also really sad to see that news because that made me feel like... Because I was hoping for, you know, a hot minute that, like, maybe Sony's response to this would be like, you know what, we're not going to play this game. Mm. And, like, just go ahead, buy all the fucking companies, like, throw all your, you know, big dick money at, like, as many corporations as you want, buy as many things as you can. We're just going to keep making first-party games that are good and hope that that's enough for people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I kind of yeah. hope that maybe they wouldn't play the game. Um, yeah, but I mean, who knows still? Because if you can still get games on PlayStation after, like, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it could be uh, spooky at first, but yeah. at the same time, I'm kind of like, no point freaking out until you actually see what they do. Yeah, yeah. I guess my real, my only tangible concern is like, I just hope that I can play Diablo 4. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, on a very practical level, like, mm -hmm. I hope that's mm -hmm. not first party. Thank yeah. God 2 Resurrected came out already. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, fair enough. Acquisition of Bungie also uh, apparently has been in the, in the works for like five, six months now, so was not a direct response to. Uh, okay. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I did think it was interesting that uh, Sony has stated explicitly, uh, both Sony and Bungie together, that not only are they intending for Bungie to operate completely independently, um, they're not interested in overseeing their daily operations kind of thing, um, but also none of their projects for the immediate future are going to be, they have no plans to make them exclusive to PlayStation. Good, good. Which is really cool. Yeah, it's kind of like, I feel like, well, that's a really nice optical move. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, will it actually put any real pressure on Xbox? Probably not. But still, I mean, Sony, I feel like, you know, especially with the Xbox One versus PS4 whole thing. One X, maybe? Like, last gen? Last, it seems so weird to say that now. But yeah, last gen's war was a lot won over optics and, like, the messaging and, mm. you know, what was what you could do and couldn't do on... Like, Microsoft had the online-only console, gamers hated it, uh, PlayStation didn't. Um, there have been a bunch of questions asked about, like, how do we trade games on Xbox? I think they were thinking about locking down even physical copies to people who... So you can't give your physical copy to somebody else. Mm. And PlayStation had this really famous... You could look it up. No, I saw quite, it. I know exactly it. what you're talking about, where they just hand the disc. Yeah, this is the yeah. super famous uh, advertisement of, like, mm -hmm. here's how sharing games works on Xbox, and one guy just gives a disc to the other, mm -hmm. and that's it. Excuse me, how, how sharing games works on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah thank yeah, you. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like the last console wars won a lot on optics, and, like, maybe this will help them. Maybe just having a good message and having a healthy approach to stuff will benefit PlayStation. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I have much more to say about it. Yeah, uh, fair It's big shit. I can recommend going to listen to Sacred Symbols. Uh, their last episode, they had a really nice breakdown uh, of the whole acquisition thing and what effects it may or may not have. I feel like they're better analysts than I am, so it's nice to hear their sort of a bit more industry-savvy opinions about it. For sure, yeah. Um, but one thing that uh, Colin said definitely did resonate with me, and I'm totally blanking now on what that was, but give me a second. Acquisition, what it means for gamers. You know what? No, it's totally gone. No, no idea what I was going to say. Enough. Maybe it'll come in like five minutes, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, just spit it out. I'll just spit it out. Yeah, it, it, you know, it doesn't even necessarily mean that uh, things will be exclusive to uh, PlayStation. I mean, right, right. Sorry, exclusive to Xbox. 
it could just be that yeah, they're going to be totally like you know first day Game Pass, like bolster the shit out of Game Pass, but continue to sell them on Sony consoles anyways because why not? They make seventy percent of the profit. Yeah, right? I mean, uh, it'd be kind of crazy not to. Kind of, yeah. Because it, it, it would still, like, free day one on Game Pass would still be a huge, inarguable huge draw. Absolutely. Right? Like, that's the but same... But why would you want to miss out on the sales, like, of something that big? Like, I, I don't know. There's really no reason other than you fear your competitor. And my... I don't think they do. Thank you. Yeah. I, it doesn't look like they do. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Again, I 100% I'm not, agree with you. I'm not uh, too concerned about it, honestly. Yeah. I, I, it, Interesting. It just seemed crazy because it's a lot of money, but... Yeah. So not surprising at yeah. all. Um, yeah. In terms of just the amount of money that they spend on shit. It's I, like, okay. Like, I mean, a lot of people are saying, too, that, like, you know, this is... Another interesting point is that really nothing's off the table now. Hmm. Because this is the big... This is the most amount you could pay for our game company. Hmm. So, really, if they can do this, then anything is possible. Well, Literally anything, <laughs> you know? There um, you go. I don't know. Yeah, we'll... Uh, Maybe they'll buy it all. See what happens. Maybe they'll buy it Maybe everything. they'll buy it all. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe, Maybe they'll, they'll buy it all and just allow them all to operate independently anyways. Because really all they care about is money. Maybe they'll buy them all and just shut down video games altogether because they <laughs> hate video games. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. It's Good a lot of money. Um, well, listen, I, I think... We'll probably take a break soon, but do you want to maybe just uh, leap right into what we've been playing for a minute? Sure. Um, I'd love to just You've got a ton ver- of verbal diarrhea that out uh, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go first or should I? Go ahead. I talked about this on the last episode, but um, I did get a PS5 for Christmas. That was amazing. Uh, I have my lovely girlfriend to thank for that. Can't believe she managed to, to pull that pull that out of, uh, out of nowhere. Um, and I've been playing Demon's Souls Remake like mad. I think I got into this at least said that I had been playing it last time. But um, I finished Demon's Souls Remake. Uh, I really strongly believe this is the best launch title I have ever seen since Mario World. Mm-hmm. Super Mario World on SNES. Uh, it is absolutely incredible. Uh, it has way less widespread appeal than uh, Super Mario World right, does. Right. But it is one of the most solid games I've ever seen. It's mm. an, and it's a, it's a stunning uh, sort of proof of concept for this studio that can now handle other remakes. Mm. right? Because they didn't absolutely like just... Unbelievable job, mm. you know. The graphical fidelity is there. It's more beautiful than ever before. You know, it plays fantastic. It feels great. The frame rate's fantastic. You know, everything's kind of perfect. Yep. Like it even has a couple like there's like two or three rings that you can find in the game that didn't exist in the original, just as like a tiny little mm. droplet of like oh something new if you look in all the corners <laughs> kind of thing, you know. But um, it's amazing. Uh, it, Demon Souls is really good. I would recommend anybody with even any interest in that uh, who has PS5. You know, there is not a lot of PS5 games out there, but um, That's uh, cool. <clears throat> and besides that, uh, my brother got Aliens Fire Team. Been really enjoying that with him. Uh, besides being bummed and sort of taking the piss out of it last time for the uh, lack of cross save. <laughs> Ooh, that's rough. Yep. It is rough. No, it is rough. Uh, it's definitely rough. But uh, the game is awesome, and uh, the PS5 version, uh, which is free, you know, has very, very like it runs perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it doesn't have any of the. Although I suppose I haven't played the later levels yet, but in the earlier levels, not a single frame rate hitch ever so far. Huh. You know, Impressive. so that's great. Yeah, like that's that's very cool. And um, I mean, I've been playing Diablo two as usual. Uh, had the opportunity to have an actual couch co-op session of that with Mike at his place uh, recently. That was amazing. Uh, super enjoyable. Um, other than that, a couple small things. I finally tried Loop Hero. Mm. I've been saying I was going to try it for like forever. Uh, not Death Loop. Loop Hero. 
Uh, right. Although I did also purchase Deathloop. <laughs> I straight up was thinking yeah, 100%. I 100% was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, I was going to ask you about it, but yeah, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, Deathloop uh, is... I am a little excited to play it. I think I'm not in the mood at the moment. I played 20 minutes. I'm mostly excited because, well, I mean, like I've said before, I do think the game design is interesting, and it's kind of the only other PlayStation 5 game besides Returnal. <laughs> mm. um, and Returnal is kind of more my cup of tea, but for whatever reason, I really wanted to just see what Arcane did with this game. And yeah. uh, I played like 20 minutes, but I haven't given it a fair shake, so, you know, I'm sure I will soon. Yeah. Hopefully I can get to that before, before Elden Ring. Uh, but yeah, Loop Hero, not Death Loop, is um, pretty awesome. Like I was, really, I was really impressed. It's like it's a, it's a weird game. It's uh, it's very different. It's like, the best way I have of describing Loop Hero, what it felt like was like what a mobile game actually should be, huh. like a non-shitty mobile game. Yeah, interesting. And my playing of it so far has actually been exclusively on the bus to and forth from here and my parents' place. Okay. This is the only times I've ever played the game, um, and maybe like fifteen minutes in the bathroom one time, <laughs> uh, but. Perfect bite-sized uh, little chunks. It's kind of it's a little mindless because it plays itself. And the thing that you do is you modify the world. Like your player goes around a map. You can pause the player or or unpause. You don't control anything else. If he if he hits a monster, he battles the monster by himself in real time. It goes to like a turn-based battle thing, mm. but it does. There's no turns. It's just like clack 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 until somebody's dead. Mm. Right? So all of that is handled by itself. The only thing you do is you pause and either you can change your equipment. Because, like, when monsters die, they award you with both equipment and new tiles to place. Okay. So you can change your equipment uh, and you're constantly getting equipment. Like, constantly. And, or you can place the tiles that the monsters drop. <clears throat> and the new tiles are like, oh, I have a magic forest with a fountain. So now I put that on the map. Now okay. my player goes through that place. Hmm. When he hits that the place where I put it, he goes through it and he gets an ability, or it spawns a type of monster. Okay. Right. So you modify the world by placing these tiles that the monsters drop, and that's how you control the game. Hmm. It's really weird. Hmm. Like it's really unique and different. But the cool part about it is that the game really does just play itself when you're not doing that. Okay. Right. So you're really just sitting there like watching him go around and like watching the results of combats, and then like you get a bunch of loot, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, I might actually want to equip this, and then like this tile, like okay, if I put this over here, I'll get a bunch of hit points, so I'll put that there, and I'll wait for him to go around on this cycle and get a new treasure chest or something, hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. And yeah, and it's like it's it's a roguelike, so when you die, it's finished. You go back to the, but you have like a camp that you're you're sort of some like evil lich came and like destroyed the world, like all of time. <laughs> You have no recollection of what happened, but you somehow wake up, and you're trying to like rebuild the memories of what happened before, sort of, okay. to escape the loop, I guess. Anyways, uh, but it's like, yeah, there's like a camp in between where it's like you can upgrade things in your camp, and then that'll have a effect on future runs, kind of right. thing. Okay. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's extremely unique and different, and um, yeah, it's great as a mobile game because it's actually what mobile games should be to me, which is like things designed for you know it's like I mean you know, the most mobile games I see people people playing like they just look like total garbage mm. um, for yeah. the most part and like super just like mindless but Loop Hero is mindless in the right way mm -hmm. like it's not mindless because it's like dumb it's mindless because someone thought about a way to design a game like this that really makes sense and the choices you do make are extremely important but you just don't have to make that many of them mm -hmm. you know it's weird but uh, that's cool yeah it's like a better mobile game than I've ever seen kind of hmm. um and Anyways. you play it on your Switch or your phone? Switch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, it should totally be on. Uh, it's like a touch. Uh, it has a really nice touch interface too. Right? Hmm. Like it's perfect for uh, for phones. But as far as I know, I think it's on PC, but not on. F I don't think it's on mobile. Okay. I could be wrong though, but uh, it should be. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Loop Hero is dope. Uh, what else have I been playing? I bought Eastward. Haven't tried it yet. I don't think it's going to be that good, but I still might give it a shot. Uh, Death's Door. I finally played in the over the holidays. Uh, I my opinion is that it's not good. <laughs> um, everybody says it is, but wasn't for you. It's good enough. And the problem with with um, Death's Door is that there's just other games that are a lot better. Okay. That yeah. doing that are doing more or less the exact same thing, but are better. Right. You know, like Hyper Light Drifter is a straight up hundred percent better version of Death's Door. Okay. And that's the problem with it is it's not. To me, it doesn't separate itself from the pack. Okay. You know, it like kind of tries to have Dark Souls combat in a 2D top-down. But it's like not... That worked for like Hollow Knight. You know? But like Death's Door just kind of... It's just okay. I also played a little bit of Moon Hunters over the vacation. This was at Christmas time with my nephews. Moon Hunters, uh, I'll plug Kitbox games because they really are a cool studio. I wanted to try Boyfriend Dungeon, but I just can't... I can't fucking do it. Mm -mm. It's too... It's too like sort of anime dating sim. The concept is awesome for Boyfriend Dungeon. It's like a dating sim and a Diablo game at the same time. It sounds ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but it's a really, really cool concept. I just don't want to play that. Mm -hmm. Fair. <laughs> uh, but I wish I did want to play it, I mm -hmm. guess is what I could say. But um, yeah, Moon Hunters is their other game they made like, I want to say five years ago, six years ago-ish. Um, it got kind of panned by critics. I think it's totally not bad. Like, it's a fun, um, it has both couch co-op and online, which is neat. You can play up to four. It's like a, a Diablo Light. Okay. Like, pick a class, you know, and it's it's also a roguelike, so you will die at the end and restart from the beginning. Hmm. Um, so your class evolves a bit as you play, but, you know, it's limited how far you can go. It's not like in Diablo where there's, like, tons of levels, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but you get slightly better abilities as you go along, and then you just start again with a different class. It's also randomized, right? So it's like, it's a neat it's a neat game. Yeah, mm. it's not at all perfect, but it actually contains interesting and unique concepts. That's the problem with Death's Door, is it does something that, you know, just a lot of things have done before. Mm. Even if it's, like, a more polished version, it's just not that impressed. I don't know. I'm always, I wasn't that impressed by it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I really didn't... Th I thought that the critical praise was, like, way over... Not way overstated, but was overstated. Okay. Like, yeah. it's, like, a solid six or seven for me. Hmm. Whereas it was getting, like, eights, kind of. That's still like, high. Yeah, that's a bit much, you know, but... Hmm. Anyways, um, but yeah, Moon Hunters was cool. I had fun with it. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. So tell me about. Uh, what I you really been haven't been playing much at all. A um, little bit of this and that. A little bit of Ghost of Tsushima Legends. A little bit of uh, Red Dead. I retried The Witcher Three. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Decided very quickly. Not for me. But uh, but anyways, yeah, I played a whole so bunch Witcher. of things, but uh, but not a, not much of anything at all. Just kind of excited for uh, Dying Light 2. Really? And uh, cool. haven't really been playing anything. Yeah, I was meaning to ask you. Um, I mean, Dying Light 2's release date's coming up uh, this, this this Friday. It's in like three days. What are, are you, do you think you're at day one? Uh, probably day two. Okay. I'll probably see some gameplay. Wait and see? And Read reviews? Yeah. I'm probably going to, I'm going to hope and pray that Skill Up does something on it. I feel like almost for sure. Now that I'm saying that, I'm like, do I actually know that Skill Up is a fan of Dying Light? I'm not sure if I've ever heard him talk uh, about no it. No clue, but I, I would like to hear his take on it, yeah. and that will greatly determine what, which way I go. Yeah, he um, certainly looks like he'd be a fan of Dying Light. But I probably will end up getting it uh, anyways just because of uh, uh, I have friends that are getting it and are into it. So, cool, cool. Uh, it'll be 
I mean, it'll be worth it just to, again, play with friends, right? So. Mm -hmm. Well, you can have fun uh, logging your 500 hours in that game. <laughs> I can walk from uh, where to where? Uh, I remember? can't remember. Uh, was it uh, Austria <laughs> what the hell was uh, it? Bologna? Yeah. I have no idea. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> One end of the world to the other. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, such, uh, a, such a poorly chosen marketing campaign. Oh, uh, whatever. So, so just quizzical. It's <laughs> yeah. comedic, though. But uh, yeah, so not much. I haven't been playing much. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, Coming me too. I'm, I'm like, uh, I mean, like I said before, you know, the only reason why I don't want to play Dying Light is mostly just to wait and play Elden Ring. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't play all the AAAs. There's too many. Mm -hmm. uh, there's too many good ones coming out in a short period. Mm -hmm. And I really do have 100% confidence in um, Techland's ability to... I, I really like Techland as a, as a studio. I think they're fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, I love their approach to everything, uh, especially... You know, hate mail, <laughs> which was uh, they've really expertly addressed in the past. Yeah. But um, I can't wait to read re reviews for it. Yep. You know, yep. really, really stoked to see um, exactly what that's all going to be about. Yeah, I'd, and I don't think I'm going to do Horizon actually. Oh yeah. I was going to throw it on again just to try it out, but again, I'm just not into a single player sure. anymore. Yeah. I just can't do it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah. I mean. So, as I don't cool as it is, I'm gonna you know I'll wait a year when it's thirty bucks. I'll probably pick it up. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I think for me, I mean I kind of hear you. Like these days, when a game has multiplayer aspects, even if I don't use them that much, it really increase. It really elevates my uh, my level of interest. Yeah, because then again, like when you do, it, it will even push you to play a bit on your own. Because again, your character will be that much better when you play with friends, right? Yeah. So, yeah. There is some incentive to actually play a bit, but for sure, just single player stuff. I, I, I don't know. I just haven't had it in me. Like I can say for sure that there's no way I'd be this into Diablo two if it wasn't for the fact that it was multiplayer. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like I probably still would have played it, but I wouldn't have kept going for like no, ages. like how many characters and whatever and this that Dude, the other. And, yeah. Yeah. I still fucking love the game, man. Like mm -hmm. it's crazy. Like, yeah, I, it is pretty crazy. I, I still really, really deeply enjoy it. You know? <laughs> like, and if ever, if anyone's, it's almost like. If someone dies in hardcore, like it's almost a good thing because I'm like, cool, I'll make a different guy, like mm -hmm. no problem. Like, yeah, I'll try a barbarian, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, or like I've got this awesome sword stashed from my level 58 sorceress that would be perfect for a new Amazon or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, but um, so I mean, yeah, I guess that's it for that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, listen, we'll take a short break. Sounds good. We'll be right back with some news. Sounds good. Okay, y'all ready for this? Fucking do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are back. And we're going to leap into the news. We've got... Uh, I'm telling you, man. We're, we're going to stick to the schedule today, Teague. Two minutes. First time ever. Two minutes. So let's just get right into it. Number one. Uh, this is off IGN. Uh, Ubisoft exec says gamers don't get it when it comes to NFTs. The backlash to Ubisoft's NFT plans have been brutal. Uh, this is uh, 28th of January. During an interview with Finder, Ubisoft Strategic, Ubisoft Strategic Innovations Lab Vice President Nicolas Pouard said that gamers simply don't understand the benefits of NFTs. Uh, apparently, Ubisoft's new NFT service has not gone down well since it was revealed. But execs say that gamers just don't get it. Well, um, of course not. NFTs have gone down like a lead balloon. After its integration into Ghost Recon Breakpoint raised eyebrows among gamers. After the service launched December 9th, three limited edition NFT items were added to the game. Uh, including a wolf skin for the M4A1 tack rifle, a helmet, and a pair of pants. Uh, these items are free to claim, but there's a catch. Well, what's the catch? Well, we talked. We, we already breakpoint. talked about the. I I'm, have breakpoint. I'm <laughs> playing them. Then what's the catch, though? Will they have me? Well, Teague, I'll tell you. This <laughs> rifle requires you to reach XP level five in Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Done. 
while the pants require 100 hours of playtime. Done. <laughs> the helmet requires a un- not unimpressive 600 hours in Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Yo, for a helmet, I'll do it. All for a helmet with a number on it. What's the number? I don't know. Well, Article doesn't state. I mean, come on. <laughs> now just forget If the I'm going to put in 600 hours, I wait, need wait, to know wait, what wait. number. We've got a picture here. we got a picture. Does the helmet have a number on it? That's a nice helmet. Apparently, it says 20. Is it? Dude. I think these items look like shit. Oh, know. well, he's got hearts for eyes. I mean, that's, that's, these are some of, they're that's not really hearts, nice. Man. They're just really poorly done eyes. No, those look like hearts. It's some of the weirdest, uh, some of the most questionable uh, weapon skins and armor skins I've ever seen. Okay, but me. but all in all, um, you get them from playing the game a whole bunch. Yeah. And then what? Then you can just use them in your game, and the whole NFT angle is that you know you can resell them to somebody else. But why are people uh, actually, upset? Great question. It seems really unclear. I mean, people are just consistently pissed off about NFTs. This is just another in a long stream of articles that I've seen detailing how... Well, maybe that exec is actually onto something. I don't know why you get pissed off for being given something in a game that you can later sell. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what he's saying in the article is that, like, you know, people are going to see the application of this, but just, like, give it a bit of time. And I think that seems eminently reasonable. I mean, listen, I'm not an NFT defender, but neither am I an NFT hater. Yo, I say, please, 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 if you care that much, go out and spend all of your money. Show off to the world how rich you are by buying (laughs) NFTs. Just do it. Just show off just how much of a big spender you are. (laughs) And um, by all means, go for it. I honestly, it doesn't bother me at all. I still don't get what the problem is with NFTs. Mm. Like, what's the big deal? I mean, how is it different than microtransactions for skins already? Like, that's the same thing. You just I honestly, I, I don't get it. I'm, I'm, I, I was joking either. when I said that the exec may be onto something, but now I, I think he actually, he may actually be. might be onto something. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, but I mean, you know, the whole thing with these NFTs and whether or not they're purely speculative or they're going to be end up being nasty for gamers, we just don't know. Mm. Like, we have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, yes. Ubisoft's fancy court system with its digits is like a little annoying in terms of trying to, you know, stand out from the pack of all the other NFTs like Ubisoft is in many other ways sometimes, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, and I think we just have to wait and see, but uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to see I guess Ubisoft defend their NFT position because I really don't feel like I don't really get specifically why people are upset about this thing, but uh, mm-hmm. they seem to be extremely... There's fa- I mean, there's fan backlash against this. There was that thing that just happened with Troy Baker that we're not going to discuss where he right. made a really scummy announcement about partnering with NFT Voiceverse nonsense mm-hmm. uh, when he, when his podcast is like um, uh, vocally opposed to, to NFTs. And then just repeat... There was just news like today, I think, that he... Uh, Announced that he's going to cancel his uh, his partnership with this company. Right. It's just, I mean, there's a bunch of like scummy stuff, and like everyone's all like hating on the NFTs. But I mean, honestly, like we don't even really know how they're going to be implemented yet. So it's like either way, Ubisoft is defending their position on NFTs here, and uh, we'll just we'll see what they do with it. Yeah, and Ubisoft are super nice guys too. So I mean, we should just give them the benefit <laughs> of the doubt that they have your best interest at heart. I feel like people should maybe just calm down a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, don't is, tell people is to this, calm down. Is that's this not, really that never works out well, right? When you tell no, someone true. to calm down, they go fucking nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving on to number two. Yep. Evil Dead: The Game delayed to May 2022. Articles off IGN. Uh, although the news itself just comes from Saber Interactive and Boss Team Games's Twitter account, uh, and the game has been delayed from its February release window. That was. We're coming up very, very fast uh, to May 13th, 2022. So, yeah, what do you think? I'm curious about it, that's for sure. 
I'm going to play it when it comes out. I'm not overly shocked it's delayed. I don't really care. Yeah, um, neither do I. Yeah. It I mean, looked cool. The from when was that from? That was a state uh, of play or something. Or there's a, a bunch of stuff, but I feel like that was yeah. Where was the, the original? Most recent? The original one though. I'm talking like the first. The original reveal trailer. Mm-hmm. Mm, I can't remember. It was, it was a while ago. one of the big uh, expositions. Yeah, it was a little yeah. while ago. I, I think it's it's a a good amount of time for delay. Mm-hmm. It's like three months, which for a small studio you'd imagine is the perfect amount of time just where they just touch a lot of shit up. You know? Right. What um, else have they done? Well, apparently Teague, they're known for. Evil Dead the Game and Cobra Kai Card Battle. Yeah, I'm so much less interested after seeing that. <laughs> um, yeah, that looks straight up terrible. But listen, we have seen a bunch of footage of this. It, it looks nothing like that. Well, no, but if that's what I they're known you. for, I then you. I don't give a fuck about this. Well, I don't think they're known for anything. Uh, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, no, who knows? We'll see. Maybe it'll be amazing. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the gameplay footage shown so far does look... It looked cool. ...fairly competent. Yeah. You know? Boss Team Games says that when the team set out to create a brand new game worthy of the Evil Dead franchise, we knew it had to be groovy as hell. Sounds like everything's fine here, and I mean, yeah, I'm also looking forward to... Oh, it is kind of funny that they delayed it to Friday the 13th. That's hilarious. Uh, They're clearly paying attention to what they're doing, which is nice. Groovy. Evil Dead, the game was announced at Game Awards 2020. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So quite quite some time ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, so we'll see some of that co-op and PvP gameplay soon. I'm just really curious to see how, like, is it... Friday the 13th mm-hmm. with Evil Dead or is it I hope not I me too or is it a little bit more of some sort of single player thing just with a lot of co-op and a lot of PvP I don't know mm. it's very unclear you know we yeah, really totally. have no idea so uh, yeah I'm also keen to find out moving on to number 3 which is uh, Hyperscape Ubisoft's Cyberpunk Battle Royale will be shut down soon Hyperscape no. was released in 2020 uh, you're this, kidding this, me man I kind of wish uh, this is again off IGN uh, but this news was taken from a short blog post on Ubisoft's official website where they state that it has made the difficult decision to end the development of Hyperscape and shut the game down as of April 28th uh, this was Ubisoft's free to play battle royale game uh, that I has been operating for less than two years and that I actually literally uh, was unaware of the existence of until I saw this article hmm. they're euthanizing their baby they're euthanizing their baby I, I mostly I get it you gotta cut your losses but like under two years is not that long um, they, they weren't able to uh, make it as uh, predatory as they would have liked, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost certainly true. Yeah, it didn't um, uh, didn't rob children of their allowance uh, quick <laughs> enough. To... <laughs> no, exactly. Um, Did you know this is not to do? It's it's kind of well. I mean, Battle Royale, Fortnite. The other day, I was in a dep, and I saw a card, like you know, Best Buy, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was Fortnite. Oh, for like a Fortnite money card? Yeah. Uh, interesting. Straight up, just Fortnite money that you could buy on a Fortnite bucks. Yeah, V like bucks. Aren't they V like, bucks? Uh, it just said Fortnite on it. Yeah. So I don't know, but it was next to like the you know chatter phone yeah. stuff. Whatever. Yeah. And then I see Fortnite dollars. I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, that's really funny. Yeah. That's no, crazy. Hundred percent not kidding you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. That's um, it. But anyways, yeah. I mean, you know, so unlike Fortnite and Apex Legends, some of these things are successful. But just you know, be careful if you get into free to play games that are. Like, I would be very, you know, not happy if, if I was into this game and, like, suddenly it gets shut down. But Yeah, and, guess, and especially if you spent money. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, yeah. that's the I real mean, problem. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you got to watch out, man. Yeah, free-to-play sure. is kind of nasty, you know? For sure. It's not, it's not the best. I don't know. Like, a lot of people say it's a good model, but it can be, it can be not so. the best model. Neither do I. Yeah, I don't think um, it's a particularly safe idea. No, neither do I. Uh, moving on? Yep. Cool. 
Moving on to number four, Sony's London studio is making an online PS5 exclusive. This news came out January 27th. Uh, this is reported off IGN. And IGN is drawing this from a number of recent job postings advertised by Sony's London studio, uh, which most recently notably released VR exclusive Blood and Truth. Have you heard of that game? No. I had not either. I looked it up right before we did this, and it looks like a relatively competent first-person shooter VR game. Hmm. I couldn't tell if it was on rails or off rails, but either way, I mean, it looks polished and like a AAA game. Uh, that's that's what I can say. We're building a team from the ground up for an upcoming PlayStation 5 online game, reads a statement from the studio's Twitter account. New starters will join at the perfect time to get involved in shaping our plans for a project we are exceptionally excited about. What do you think? Well, PS5 exclusives are good. They There's are. There's not a many of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought this news was particularly interesting in light of the, you know, the acquisitions, right? Hmm. Like um now this came out Jan 27. And the acquisition was before that, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I just, I mostly just thought this this was really interesting given the acquisition uh, with Microsoft. I felt like, I mean, I was happy to see this because I'm like, okay, Sony is aware of what is going on. Mm. That is good. (laughs) (laughs) Because for a long time, I sort of felt like, you know, how long are they going to let this go without really sort of seeming like they're actually making any sort of response? Yeah. Uh, and it's like I'm happy that they're not addressing it in a literal sense, but more just in like a okay, we're seeing there's action going on, mm-hmm. you know? Like I mean, an online big game PS5 exclusive, that's great. That's exactly what they need. Yeah, you know, like they need something like either Destiny, that's an MMO, right? That could be online in that sense, or online in the sense of like I don't know, a survival game, or just online in the sense of like I don't know, like Twisted Metal, where you play with other people around the world. Who knows, mm-hmm. you know? But like. Something. <laughs> anything, yeah. Yeah, anything. I'm just really happy to see that they're, you know, putting effort. It makes me feel slightly less apprehensive. There you there go. There you go. Slightly less apprehensive about the whole uh, the whole issue. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's all really all I have to say about it. Um, I think it's a step in the right direction. Okay, moving on to number five, which is Respawn working on three new Star Wars games, including Jedi Fallen Order sequel, plus an FPS from the co-creator of Medal of Honor and a strategy game from former XCOM devs. Uh, this was January 25th and reported off IGN. They actually didn't source their article, which is really weird. They usually do. Uh, but from what I can tell, this is directly from EA's website uh, where they talk about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think they just, they're just drawing it from there. Yeah, here's a little snippet from the article. EA is far from finished with the Star Wars universe. Publisher is working on three new Star Wars games, all of which are being overseen in one form or another by developer Respawn Entertainment, uh, notably of Titanfall. Uh, and most more recently, Fallen Order. Uh, games comprise a sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, an FPS, and a strategy game. No release dates have been offered for any of these new games. Uh, now, the strategy game we do know also is being developed by Bitreactor. Mm. Bitreactor is a very recently formed studio composed of X4Axis game veterans, best known for their work on the XCOM franchise. Uh, Bitreactor will work closely with Respawn on the new project. Uh, this is being overseen by Respawn founder and group GM Vince Zampella, uh, who is going to take care of this new initiative and characterizes EA as, sorry, this new initiative, which EA characterizes as a new phase of EA's relationship with Lucasfilm. So that's pretty much all, of, all there is for the news. Um, I don't know. I mean, does this do anything for you? Not really, no. No? No. I'm pretty stoked. I mean, I thought Fallen Order was... Fallen Order was really, really competent. You enjoyed it. Yeah, quite a I bit, enjoyed right? it a lot. Yeah. yeah, I remember you talking it up uh, quite a bit. Yeah, and, it's uh, like, it's a weird game. It's like, it's not a masterpiece, but it's very surprisingly good. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't say it's like, it's not on the level of something like, I don't know, Dark Souls or like, what's a really famous Star Wars game? <sighs> I don't, I mean, is there any Perfect 10 Star Wars games? Like, maybe it doesn't even exist. 
Um, no idea. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's not a masterpiece, but it is really surprisingly competent. Mm. Like, kind of just in every respect, like, surprisingly competent at gameplay, at music, at art direction, at story, at, like, you know, uh, the location, like, the, the, what it draws out of the Star Wars universe. Like, mm-hmm. it focuses on, like, you know, a Jedi who escaped from, like, Order 66, where they killed all the Jedis, and, like, he's running around trying to, like, deal with the fact that he has powers but doesn't know where to go so that people don't kill him. He's being actually actively hunted by, like, a nasty Sith in the game, and, like, mm-hmm. who you have a massive boss encounter with. I unfortunately never got to that point, but I had... Well, there's actually multiple Sith that are hunting you, hmm. and I, like, had boss battles with, like, a bunch of them. I didn't get through all of them, but uh, they were really neat. Hmm. Um, and uh, Fallen Order, I'm not that excited about a Fallen Order 2, although I would certainly, if it's good, I might play it. Yeah, um, And I think for me, a turn-based, or RTS, I suppose, um, strategy from the XCOM guys with, with Star Wars is really, really interesting. I don't know if that will be for me, but I'm, yeah. I mean, they are a really talented studio. Right. I'd love to see what they can, what they can do with the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I think the one that grabs me the most is an FPS, um, because... Yeah. That's really... I'm not going to pull out something from the article here. Oh, yeah, Fallen Order, by the way, unfortunately, is that fucking guy again. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, finally, I at least heard someone on a podcast, on an IGN GameScoop podcast, one of the, la- the ladies who was talking about the, the, this news had said at least she's like, okay, so it's being... It's, it's the same kid again. Um, and everyone on the podcast was like, oh, that's great, we like him. And she at least noted that... Uh, not everyone agrees that he's good. And I was like, finally, somebody talking about this fucking kid. I can't stand the guy. <laughs> Everybody else in the... And, and it was great, but, you know, he's just so... Did I show you anything with him? Mm, I don't think so. Oh, my God, Cal Kestis. I just can't. I just can't do it. But anyways, the game's good despite that. So the FPS is being helmed by this gentleman by the name of Peter Hirschman. Uh, previously served as VP of development at LucasArts and has a long history of working with Lucasfilm and co-created Medal of Honor. Uh, he also has, if I'm not mistaken, production credits on a whole lot of Call of Duties. Hmm. You know, Moby Games is a really cool site. If you're ever looking to like find out what guy did what, hmm. it's just a it's it's a it's a um, not-for-profit uh, video game crediting site. Cool. And it, yeah, it's really neat. Sorry. Um, yeah, he has not worked on Call of Duty. My bad. He's worked on a poop ton of Star Wars games. He did. He has uh, cr- credits in pr- either product development or production for Star Wars: Force Unleashed, Lego Star Wars, Star Wars: Battlefront: Renegade Squadron, Lego Star Wars 2, Force Unleashed 1, Star Wars: Complete Saga. I mean, of course, Medal of Honor, which is a big deal. Star Wars: Empire at War, uh, Mercenaries, Playground of Destruction, OG PS2 game. That's a deep cut, but that game was pretty cool. Battlefront 2, uh, Medal of Honor, Allied Assault, Lost World, Jurassic Park. I don't know these things, but you know. Mm-hmm. He's he's got he has storied credits. Yeah, yeah, and, lots and of stuff. Totally. And so this gentleman is heading up the FPS that they're developing. And Hirschman, meanwhile, says the upcoming Star Wars FPS is a story that he's quote unquote always wanted to tell. In addition to being the VP of development at LucasArts, giving him a crucial connection to Lucasfilm, Hirschman also served as executive producer on the original Star Wars Battlefront games, as noted. I'm so thrilled to get a chance to work with my friends at Lucasfilm again. I have such great memories of working with them on everything from the original Star Wars Battlefront games to The Force Unleashed, which was a game that... I loved. Yeah, a lot of people really liked that. I loved it. Yeah, my brother, too, was a huge uh, huge fan. I had a lot of fun with it at the time. I think I bought it at a pawn shop for five bucks or something. Had a blast with it. I never played it, but I always thought it looked great. And I've always been inspired by the classic Star Wars titles Dark Forces and Dark Forces 2, Hirschman says. I've never forgotten the emotion and excitement I felt playing an FPS inside the Star Wars universe. They're defining experiences for many of us on the team and are a guiding light for this new project. It's a dream come true to make this title a Star Wars game we've always wanted to play. 
And I thought that was neat because Dark Forces Two, which actually I have played, that, that's in the in the era of like Doom clones, mm. you know, on on a PC. Very well respected game, but Dark Forces Two led to Jedi Knight, which was a first person game on PC that I played, and that game rocked. Mm. I mean, if you ask me, like I thought it was amazing. I think it has pretty good like um sort of like a cult favorite. Okay. Um, and so to me, the fact that he's citing those kinds of things, like I'm, I'm pretty interested to see where he goes with that. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I would love a Jedi Knight three. Hmm. You know, I think that could be fantastic. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for the news. I don't know. I mean, do you have anything to add? Not really. I mean, no, not at all. We'll <laughs> see what not, happens. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars has been good lately. You know, Squadrons, Fallen Order. Like, there's actual some actual good things coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm psyched for the Old Republic remake that's that's coming out. I also want to see what Ubisoft is doing with their Star Wars project. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like some of these things could definitely be good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, we will see. Moving on to number six. As reported by IGN, but revealed on Elden Ring update, uh, Taipei Game Show's official Twitter account, Elden Ring has finally gone gold. So what does that mean? Uh, that means that it's uh, ready for physical printing. Oh. Uh, as far as I understand it, it means it is ready for physical printing and to go through the presses kind of thing. Hmm. Like it's confirmed, like they they don't have no more blocks to actually releasing it in the public. Okay, to um, me I was thinking like records or something, you know? No, yeah, it means something hmm. completely, I think it comes from the record industry, mm-hmm. but I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know oh, why. sold a million copies already, pre-order, because <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's coming out soon, you know? It's, it's not cyberpunk. <laughs> it's not cyberpunk with its 13 million copies before, uh, before day one. I mean, this is not surprising. It's just cool because now we know that there will be no more delays. Yeah. I mean, not that we thought there would be. Isn't it supposed to come but, out next month? Yeah. yeah. But the fact that it's gone gold means that uh, there's really no foreseeable reason why there would be any more delays. Hmm. Right? Because okay, the, the only thing they're still working on once it's gone gold is a day one patch. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so I mean, that's what more can I say about this? I mean, there was a couple other things that came out of this uh, Taipei Game Show video. IGN published two articles. I'm going to check one, I'm going to read from one of them. Uh, this is Elden Ring has been designed to reduce player stress without reducing enemy difficulty. Right. Um, and so this is from the same Type A game show. Uh, this is a transcript from producer Yasuhiro Kitao uh, explaining elements of the game to IGN, or translated by them. That's that's uh, that that part's unclear. It's a lot of stuff about because of the fact that the op- the, wor- the world is so open now, and the exploration of this game is going to be so different than other from software games. They f- the team felt a bit of a higher need to reduce player anxiety. Hmm. It's like they don't. They. Don't, I mean, listen. You can read this for what for whatever you want, but they didn't say that they're reducing the difficulty or that they're making it at all easier. More that because you're exploring in a more fluid and relaxed manner than ever before. Like we 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 really felt that it was important to not place the same levels of anxiety about like losing progress on people as they've had in previous games. Hmm. You can read that as it's going to be easier. I'm not. Yeah, well, also the fact that it's open world and completely different from the others, um, there's only one way to go basically in the Souls games, right? Yeah. Forward. Yeah. And you're not getting on past that boss without it's true. fighting that boss. Whereas this, yeah. if you're not leveled up enough, go to an easier area, level up. Yeah. It takes away the stress quite a bit. So yeah. maybe they're not actually doing a whole lot to it. It's just an effect of the type of change they've made in the game, you know? It's hard to say. I mean, I'm very curious to see. I mean, he says some stuff in the interview, um, or the transcript, rather, where he talks about introducing new po- new fast travel save point systems, where it's like, you know, previously in Dark Souls, you would die and go all the way back to the beginning of whatever level. Mm-hmm. Um, since that almost probably doesn't even make sense in this game, although I suppose you could die and go all the way back to the last quote-unquote bonfire that you rested at, they're doing a new thing where in areas of high enemy density, 
it might be possible for you to spawn closer to where you died than before. Hmm. So you don't have to sort of like cross as much distance between there. Which is interesting because another thing he talks about is the fact that part of the whole deal with the horse is that, that that's designed to reduce player anxiety because the horse is meant to be more or less like um, a safe travel option. Like you're not really supposed to be it, from what it, from what he's saying. It sounds like you're not supposed to be able to be fucked with too much when you're on your horse. Okay. Like it's kind of just gallop through the country in whatever direction you want, which is really interesting because that means that that is like a true exploration mode. And you know their whole thing with the like drafts of air. Mm-hmm. There's like sections yeah. where he goes up. You know, uh, yeah, the verticality of moving with the horse. So that's that's all designed to combat stress, also. And like you said, you know, in, make it super open and like. You can easily go to somewhere else if you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they have a fast travel system, which I think can be used to, to at any time to access any point on the map or any like sort of a I don't know probably bonfire. Hmm. Um, that I think is kind of a little not cool because I sort of wish that you know what he says makes so much sense about the horse being like a safe way to travel. It almost makes me feel like why didn't you just let everyone ride on the horse when they want to go from place to place? Maybe it's that really big. Quick? Yeah, maybe it's that big. Uh, it's hard to say, but. Um, Anyways, I mean, he, he had a lot of interesting stuff to say about it, and I thought it all sounded like very much like that all makes sense given the type of game this is. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, in other articles, he's also stated that the barriers to doing multiplayer will be a lot less than they have been in the past. Cool. That's interesting. Very. Um, I thought you might be interested by that. Um, he also said something about the length of the game being around 30 hours, and, you know, tons of side content, but, like, it's not... It's still not, like, the longest game in the world. There, mm-hmm. there, there are always reasonably sized games, kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, Yeah, no, that's interesting. It sounds cool. Yeah, so anyways, uh, some interesting stuff out there. Check it out if you want, but the game is coming either way, and I'll definitely be playing it. Yep. So, moving on to number seven, which is Ghostwire Tokyo's release date seemingly leaked by PS Store, and it's surprisingly soon. This is uh, January 20th. I got this off WCCF Tech. WCCF Tech is citing MP First, who originally captured the screenshots. So, Ghostwire Tokyo was recently raided in Korea. There was no release date known for it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the PlayStation Store had a slip-up posting a late March release date uh, on, on the, P- the PSN store page. This vanished quite soon, but the folks at MP-, MP First managed to grab a couple screenshots first. You can quite clearly see the, um, you know, the March 30th. Mm-hmm. It's like right there. <laughs> yeah, the, sorry, the March 24th yeah, release date. Say, yeah, yeah. yeah um, it's somewhat surprising there hasn't been an official announcement if Ghostwire Tokyo is actually coming, uh, but the promotion for this game has been pretty lackluster in general. I agree. Um, perhaps, it be, perhaps it can be chalked up to Ghostwire being the last PS5 exclusive to come from the new Microsoft-owned Bethesda. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo is being developed by Tango Gameworks. And Tango Gameworks contains Shinji Mikami, uh, who is developer on several of the Resident Evil games. Uh, he also did Evil Within, I believe, at Tango Gameworks. Uh, and Evil Within, do you remember that game? Vaguely. It was like, it was like sort of a Resident Evil, you know, it's kind of a Silent Hill cross Resident Evil spinoff sort mm-hmm. of. Uh, it was interesting. I played the first one. It's, you know, it was trying to do what Resident Evil 4 was doing. It didn't do it as successfully, but it was still a pretty interesting game. Hmm. Um, anyways, yeah, so this is his new game. Uh, we last saw it probably at the, I believe, Sony's PlayStation State of Play, where it was featured heavily. I don't know if you recall from the imagery, but this... Yeah, I saw the picture. This so. dude? Like, he was in the the trailer a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the art is weird. Like, it doesn't 100% do it for me, but it's different and unique. Yeah. And the game looks just super out there and strange. Yeah. Um, and it looks kind of like action horror, almost Devil May Cry with a more first-person-y kind of thing, maybe? Hmm. I don't know. But um, I think it's fascinating. 
and uh, I'm certainly very curious to see how it how it does when it comes out. Yeah. I don't know. That's about all I got to say about it. What do you think? Fair enough. I've got very little to say about it. I, I know nothing about it. Yeah, we'll see. Moving on to number eight, which is Underworld Dreams The False King announced for Nintendo Switch. This is January 19th. I got this news off IGN. And it was taken directly from one-man development studio Drop of Pixel and publisher Skystone Games' recent announcement about the game. And this is a new first-person horror game built from the ground up for Nintendo Switch, uh, although it will be also on PC via Steam and Epic Game Store. It's due out this spring. Uh, It's based on the works of Lovecraft, set in the 1980s, as evidenced by a trailer showing a very VHS-style presentation. It is a horror series on Switch. Um, the headline on IGN also read, the Switch gets a bit more of what it's lacked relative to the other consoles, a horror game. That's true. It has very, very little in the uh, horror department. And um, I don't know. I just thought this looked cool. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, you showed me the trailer earlier. And um, that's the first I saw. And uh, that'll be the last I see. <laughs> I couldn't care less. about. You, you uh, didn't even think it looked like an interesting sort of atmospheric kind of... It really just, I don't know, it made me think PS1. And like, yeah. I just don't want to play a PS One game, you know. Sure, I mean that's totally uh, so, fair. That's totally fair. I mean, I could see people totally getting into it, though. You know, like uh, it, they could. I don't know. Some people love that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just I'm not one of them. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. So I just, yeah. Yeah, I actually, I think it. I genuinely think it looks pretty good. Like, I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> the the artwork totally looks. Uh, like yeah, not amazing, not like triple A polished, but, no, no, but u- that, unique and interesting. That's what I mean, you know. Like it yeah. will appeal to some people for sure. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like the great majority of. Well, there's a huge amount of games that like you love the artwork too, you know. And I'm just like, totally. I, I can't do it. I, I just can't do it. Um, I found it intriguing rather than repellent. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and I like that in the trailer, it's super short. It's like a, something like a 40 second trailer. Mm. Uh, I would just say go, you know, go watch it if you feel like it. It's really neat. Yeah, it shows a guy with a gun, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's cool. There's, like, actual combat. I, I, I'm always looking for that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's supposed to be out the spring. It's very soon. So, you know, I'll definitely keep my eye on it. Yeah. yeah. Eh. That's what I got. And I do agree with the IGN article. It's something that Nintendo does not have a lot of. Fair so, enough. Much like I would hope that Sony would be doing with, uh, maybe with, you know, its recent acquisition of Bungie, or hopefully in a lot of other ways, too. But they should probably be bolstering their first-person department. Because they mm. don't really have any, like, first-party, first-person stuff, right? Yeah, like Halo, and I guess now Call of Duty because it's sort of first party, sort of. It well, totally is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. First but, person, uh, anyways. No, but I mean first party is in like. Um, oh, oh, them owned you know, by developed them. by Xbox yeah, yeah, for I Xbox. Got you, I, got I mean, you. they just purchased it, so not really, but mm-hmm. it's like sort of a first party now. Kind yeah, of, I guess it is. Yeah. I guess, but uh, anyways, we'll see what comes of that. Mm. So, moving on. It's your fave. Moving on to the most exciting news of the week. Um, of the week, that's it. Come on. Excuse me. Of the month of your life (laughs) (laughs) no what was the most exciting news of my life i think stalker 2 was maybe the most exciting news of 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 the current podcasting stalker 2 probably Hmm. yeah interesting i don't know that's a tough one i guess you're just not as much of a fan no dude there was something that came out recently that i'm forgetting about where i like totally lost my shit oh yeah i think it was new uh that zombie mmo game it was it was news about that Hmm. oh yeah yeah it was the day before has a release date Right. That really got me. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I think so. Yeah. You said something about literally shitting your pants. I'm like, dude, I, I don't think you're using it right. <laughs> I was using it right. <laughs> you actually, you're going to poop yourself? Um, yeah, no, this is pretty exciting news. What Did I even say? I forgot already what number it is again. So, yeah, number nine, Armored Core game allegedly revealed along with leaked screenshots. This is a little while ago now, January 11th. 
and I am getting this off IGN, although it was taken from Reset Era's Red Licorice. Who is it? Just a random Reset Era user? I'll read the initial headline. A new entry in Elden Ring developer from Software's Armored Core series has allegedly been revealed via a survey sent out to customers. So then Reset Era's Red Licorice noted that they recently finished a consumer survey about quote-unquote a new Armored Core game with descriptions, screenshots, and two 30-second-ish videos of gameplay. The first a boss fight and the second more in-world gameplay a snow area. They were uh, unable to share any screenshots as they are all unique ID watermarked, but alleged screenshots have since begun circulating on social media. The game is also described as a TPS, third-person shooter, mecha action title that lets you move around an overwhelmingly scaled map that represents a unique sci-fi world with dynamic mech action. It is also said that the aforementioned sci-fi world is created by Hidetaka Miyazaki himself, creator of the Soul series. Uh, Miyazaki, who is the director of the Dark Souls games, Elden Ring, and Armored Core 4 and Armored Core 4 Answer actually started his career uh, at From Software as a game planner on Armored Core Last Raven in 2004. So this could represent a very interesting return to form for him, which would hmm. be really cool. Um, the description also teases a vast field that represents a multi-layered world, long and short-range battles with guns, blades, and shields, and a high degree of customization that will let players fine-tune their mechs to suit their playstyles. Uh, Red Licorice continued to say that the boss fight they saw was quite soulsy, and that a short glimpse of gameplay hinted at the possibility of co-op. Uh, game is not confirmed as actually being called Armored Core, nor is its existence actually confirmed. Uh, but as the survey notes, they're also asked for a potential name for the project. Among the options for a name was Armored Core something, uh, Armored Core AC6, Armored Core AC6 with numerals versus letters, and other random names that I can't remember. Uh, this is from the, the Red Licorice recent era guy. All right. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much what we got. I played an Armored Core PS1, I believe. That's the same one that I started on, yeah. And um, absolutely loved it. Yeah. Uh, couldn't tell you how long I played it for. Not very long. It was probably like a rental or something, you know, yeah. from like, I don't know, 45th or something. They're totally <laughs> those kind of games. No, it must have been Blockbuster. I don't know. It was a long time ago, anyways. Um, so I didn't play all that much of it. Thought it was really cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, good. They're going to make more. Yeah, I mean, it's not guaranteed, but, man, I would fucking really love to. I hope they go with Armored Core for just as is, first mm -hmm. of all. I hope they do a complete... Because Armored Core has a very mixed um, history. Like, a lot of the games... I mean, yeah, I agree with you. The first game was amazing. Um, I think the first game, from what I understand... From what I've played, I've played about four or five different armor cores, probably. There's a lot. There's like seven or to ten or something. Like, there's really... If you include all the, like, mini spin-offs, you know? Like, there's mm -hmm. really a lot of them. Um, so, so, both from what I've played and what I've read about them, I still think the PS1 armored core is actually, is absolutely the best one. Hmm. Like, none of them came close to the, 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 the amount of a hit that that was. Okay. Uh, it really got everything right. And, yeah, I think they should just... Go back to it. Ditch all subtitles, go right back to just straight Armored Core, straight reboot, do the same thing that uh, I still haven't decided whether that, that teaser is maybe coming out tomorrow. But as you may or may not have already heard, the blueprint is really already all there. Yeah. You know, there's nothing to do other than create a new graphically compelling version of the PS1 Armored Core again. Mm -hmm. Like, change the quests, change some names. You don't have to do anything, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Like, have co op, have PvP. 
Like, it's all good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the blueprint is really there. And, like, the fact that, you know, Miyazaki, who started with Armored Core, has worked on multiple games and has been away from that franchise for so long, could, like, return to something that different from Dark Souls 2, mm. that sounds really exciting to me. So, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a big deal. For Absolutely. You. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a big deal for gaming. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a big deal for FromSoft. You know, this there's always the potential too. I mean, listen, you know, in light of the Activision Blizzard stuff, Sony could get a lockdown on this. Could be it could be maybe be a PS5 exclusive. I doubt it. Armored Core games have historically speaking never been uh, non-multi-platform, but they could. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of potential here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I really hope it's real. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. will we will update you if uh, if anything anything else comes out about that. Moving on to number ten, uh, the Ascent has been rated for PlayStation consoles again. This is January seventh, and is the almost oldest news that we're going to discuss here. But wait for the tantalizing one right after. I'm getting this off Video Games Chronicle, and Video Games Chronicle is getting this directly from the US ESRB, uh, which actually has an entry now. I checked myself um, rating the Ascent for uh, PlayStation. Okay. For US PlayStation. Uh, previously, uh, the game was classified for PS4 and PS5 in Taiwan last month. It's now been rated by the, for the same platforms by the US Entertainment Software Rating Board as well. Uh, this is developed by Swedish indie studio Neon Giant. The Ascent has been both a PC and Xbox console exclusive and a day one Xbox Game Pass title since release in July 2021. Um, I 100% uh, saw this game when it came out, was extremely excited about it, and saw the reviews when it came out and was like, damn, that looks dope. And then immediately stopped thinking about it because I was like, I'll never play this. Right. So it's totally coming. Uh, I mean, this is technically speaking a rumor, although the company has spoken about wanting to do PS5 versions and being rated by the ESRB here and the North, uh, the sorry, the Korean ratings board as well. I mean, clearly it's happening. Hmm. Uh, they just didn't want to reveal it yet or like you know make okay. the news official. But this is awesome. I mean, this game got extremely good reviews when it came out. Uh, Ascent is like a weird cyberpunk. It's like, um, do you remember Alienation? Mm-hmm. By like the, I think it's that's Housemark, the Returnal guys. Mm, I don't know, but I do vaguely recall it. Yeah, it was like a top-down sort of sci-fi kind of Diablo-ish. Yeah. Yeah, action. Jazz and her cousin played it. Yeah. Yeah, action. Like yeah, Starship Troopers a little bit. A little bit. You know. Yeah. Um, so the Ascent really reminds me of that. Uh, just like a top-down action, this one is more cyberpunk style, but it's like guns, it's, uh, you know, it's levels, enemies, skills, it sounds extremely good, it's both couch co-op and online co-op, okay. and all the websites gave it really good reviews when it came out, so I uh, can't wait to play this game. Cool. And uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. I don't know, I mean, it's like, when it comes out, I'll show it to you, if it's something you're interested in, maybe we can try it on the couch sometime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it looks great. I know personally lots of people who also were excited when it came to Xbox and were like sad that it wasn't uh, yeah it wasn't coming to exactly, PlayStation exactly. so this is a nice uh, um, yeah so that's great yeah yeah. I mean can't, can't wait to play it uh, that's a, another one of those don't need to think about it at all day one purchase no problem hmm. um, I just can't have enough couch co-op games man yeah I hey. just can't uh, so moving on it's your second favorite. 11, yeah. <laughs> Moving on to number 11. Uh, now, this is a really deep cut that I, we're digging out of the archives here. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 gets small progress report from Paradox Interactive. This news is actually, if you can believe it, from November 17th, 2021. Uh, I discovered this recently and 100% saw zero news outlets reporting this at the time that it happened. Mm. I was definitely looking at the news at the time that it happened, and I didn't see this anywhere. 
Uh, like, it for sure didn't go through IGN. I don't think it went through any of them. I mean, I didn't see it on, like, Kotaku or Polygon either. Uh, but so this is off, actually, GameRant.com, which is not a site that I frequent usually. And I just couldn't believe that there was any update whatsoever on, on Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, no matter how small, no matter how small a progress report. So I'll just take a gander at the article here for a second. Uh, this is by Michael Beckwith, again, November 17th, 2021. He doesn't have too much to say uh, that's sort of, I guess, new and exciting, but I suppose a brief summary, you know, Bloodlines had like an extremely tumultuous development cycle that we covered in a few episodes when various news came out. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like the creative director leaving, getting fired, narrative director getting fired, I think, a bunch of layoffs. Hard Suit Labs, the developer, was like fired from the project and it was unknown who was going to work was on it. There was a bunch it. of stuff, yeah. It was never officially canceled, but it looked so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like it looked so actually what you could call development hell and like, yeah, this will probably just like never see the light of day kind of thing. Yeah. But, as pointed out by GameRant.com, more recently, during Paradox's Q3 interim report, bear in mind again, this is from last November, uh, Paradox's Q3 interim report, publisher was asked if there was any news regarding Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 or its mysterious new developer. Chief Financial CFO Alexander Bricka bluntly said no, there isn't, but, perhaps to throw fans a bone, assured that development is progressing well. He added it'll be some time before they can offer a new release date. As for why it's keeping the new developer's identity a secret, it's because Paradox wants, Paradox wants to be in a situation where it can focus all its energy on game development and not worry about having to address fans. So this is all a bunch of exactly what you would think anyone would say. Uh, now, I'm actually going to go take a gander at the, the Q3 interim report. You can go watch this yourself. Uh, it's from Paradox. These guys are amazing, by the way. Uh, they're totally, like... Swedish sweethearts. Um, yeah. They seem so fucking nice. Like, and it's just a super long, dry, boring, like, investors meeting, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but here, I'll, I'll quote from the actual, the segment on, on, the, on the video. Question from fans. Uh, if you're curious to watch, this, ha- this occurs at a minute 46 and 20 seconds. Question from fans. Any news on Bloodlines 2 or its developer? Question uh, mark. So then Bricka answers. Uh, no, not much. Bloodlines 2, game that we think has very high potential, very strong fan base for the IP, big RPG market. The new developer is doing quite well, and we're happy with... I'm trying really hard not to read this with a slight Swedish accent. And we're happy with the progress of the project now, but it's still quite some time before we can start to talk about release dates, or so... It's still some quite some time before we can start to talk about release dates, so we prefer to give the studio a situation where they can focus fully on the game development and not having to address fans reaching out to them. He kind of like snickers on the video when he says that, as if maybe there's been like a lot of like uh, horrible fan mail that they've had <laughs> to deal with, so that he just doesn't want them to have to like deal with that deluge of like fans like being like, "Where the hell is my vampire game?" Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I don't know. It looked kind of kind of uh, like he was there was an internal joke there. Um, not having to address fans reaching out to them, so therefore we have so far not disclosed the name of the studio, and we are very happy to keep it that way for still some time. That's all he says. Fair enough. So, I don't know. I mean, that's not a flat-out no. No. It's pretty far from a flat-out no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he, if they're actually not working on it, and there's no developer, and they actually canceled it, he's lying to his investors. Yeah, so which isn't the case, like, I'm sure. Right? Well, maybe. Maybe he's going to, you know... Run away and uh, you know run to Cuba or something. I don't know. I mean, Paradox is huge. They're definitely not going to. So you have to assume that this actually is still being being worked on. 
I don't know, man. Yep. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of emotional attachment to this story, mm-hmm. and um, I just can't fucking wait to see. You what's... can speculate all you want. Have a blast. Listen, the game looks awesome. Yeah. Like I'm not basing it on nothing. I mean, Bloodlines One was a cult. Uh, was like a serious cult. What do you call that? Uh, classic. Yeah, cult classic. And Bloodlines Two, pretty interesting E3 footage. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so, that, sorry to dig out some news back from November 2021, but I just I absolutely had to mention that, mostly because I did not hear a lot of other people mentioning it. Fair enough. I thought it could be worth a worth a quick mention, but um, yeah. So, I mean, listen. I guess that's all we've got for you today. Um, hope you found some some interesting things to enjoy there. This was a bit of a new format. This like sort of like quick fire news thing. Uh, I don't know if this will stick or if we'll, if we'll keep doing it, but. I think I can actually comfortably say that we stuck to our, our yeah, yeah, our goal. Yeah, we we actually rattled through everything in a reasonable amount of time. The majority, anyway. The majority yeah. didn't go on long about anything in particular, yeah. and we'll see uh, see if that resonates with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 See yeah. when you're editing if it even works, you know. Like, yeah, totally, um, totally. Just be like, oh, that's yeah. fucking. The real question is now: Does this completely destroy what is good about this show, or is that actually like just clean and like concise? You know. Who knows? Yeah. We'll yeah. Well, see. there's an awful lot of subjects there, though. So there was an awful lot. It's yeah. It's good to um, to have some. Oh, there was. Yeah, it's from a long time ago. Fucking November. Well, that's just <laughs> it. I mean, like, yeah, the actual we, we haven't done a news episode since. Yeah, I want to say early December. Mm. So it's been like a while. Yeah, uh, it's like yeah. almost two months, right? Yeah. So, so uh, I mean, we was bound to be. A I don't think we need to set timers for the future, but eh, still, depends. it's nice. It's nice to have practice. On, yeah, right? it depends how long the list is and yeah. whatever. Yeah, nice to practice being like on targets and like. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's probably not a bad idea. At yeah. least to yeah. get a bit yeah. more of a gauge. We don't have to necessarily abide by it, but we can no, choose, you know, like five, ten minutes, whatever. You know, exactly, like, you know. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it really helps for just like, you know, with people that. Or maybe not accustomed to that, this kind of structure. Mm-hmm. It it helps. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, so it should help for editing too. I think. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, it should largely, really help uh, for editing. Yeah, editing is a real nightmare sometimes. Dude, <laughs> I can't even fucking imagine because a lot Basically of it is Basically, entire just... days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, anyways, man, thank you very much for recording. Yeah. And uh, oh, too late. <laughs> It'll sound weird if you don't put it back. I don't think we did an official sign-off. Thank you very much for recording. Pleasure. And uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye for now.